0: Welcome to Royal Grace Chapel, the Empowerment Center, where faith comes alive through inspiring messages and teachings. At Royal Grace Chapel, our mission is to empower you to connect with God in worship, relationship with other believers, and enable you to fulfill your purpose for global impact. We believe in the power of transformation through the Word of God, and that's exactly what you'll experience as you journey with us through our plethora of messages. Get ready to be equipped, uplifted, and empowered on your path of faith. Be transformed as you listen to today's empowering message. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19, New Living Translation. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19, New Living Translation says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Amen. 1 Timothy 3, verse 15. I'm reading from NCV translation. It says, Then even if I am delayed, you will know how to live in the family of God. KJV okay, says in the house of God or in the household of God. That that family is the church of the living God. The support and foundation of the truth. That family is the... The church of the living God, the support and foundation of the truth. Now, the first day today in this, today's series, um, we, we've been teaching on the subject of character, and we've been talking about the, the value system of the church, all right? And our value system, our core values in Real Grace Chapel is um, life. Love, integrity, faithfulness, and empowerment. Okay. Now, today we move on the other part. We've talked about integrity, character for some time. Now, I'm moving to the F, which is faithfulness. Faithfulness. All right. Now, the first thing I want you to know that the church is a family. The church is a family. We are a family. We are a family. And um, God puts people in families. When you were birthed, you belonged to a family. Today, I have the pleasure, I saw the Ade Boyega family. Where are they? Can you please clap for them? All right. They, amen. Uh, I welcome them to church today. Um, Brother Ay and his siblings are in church. Just thank God for the, um, the thing that, uh, even for their late mother, and they, they came to us to celebrate God, and we thank God for their life. God bless you guys. It's good to have you in church. Amen. Please clap for them. All right. You are welcome, sister. God bless you. All right. I really appreciate God for their life. It's good to have children that love their mom, their parents, and um, they stood by her. All right. Now, but you see, when I mentioned family, you realize that God puts people in families. That's why somebody said, can you be a strong Christian without going to church? The answer is no. It's like saying that can you live well in this world without, um, can you drop from heaven without actually belonging to a family? No. You have to belong to a family. You have to belong to a family. So the church is the family of God. And God put people in family. Now, one of the good things about family is this. You know, the family is supposed to be a place where you are yourself, where you relax, where where things are. Um, supposed to be fun. Yes, you have challenges, but the family is a good place to be. Because in the family, everybody, there is is this atmosphere that exists only in a family. So for instance, how many of you have seen your mother walk around nakedly before? If you've been around, you will have seen it. Either your daddy, you have seen your daddy walk on boxers, you have seen your mother maybe just walk around. Uh, she will have asked you to come and. Sc- how many of you have scratched the back of your mother before? Uh, uh, uh. You scratch your mother's back? Yeah. Sometimes mommy will just remove the bra like that and throw it to the east or to the west. I'll call you. I said, come and help me scratch my back. Uh, is that not the truth? Yes, sir. Now, how come she did not do that inside the bus? Because that's not a family. How come she did not do that on the road? Even though the back was really scratching her, she had to wait on in, uh, until she gets to that environment, and some of us will scratch it very hard for them. <laughs> All right. And you see that, you know, hardly will you grow up, and you, don't, you, you, you will not have seen your mother ask you to come, and don't scratch it here, scratch it here, scratch it here. It's because, we're well, in family, we scratch our backs, you know. That's family life. And you know, one of, the, one of the things you see for those of you who are, how many of you grew up in girl's family? Girl's family. All right, you have one. How many of you see that in a girl's family there are some funny fights? And one of those fights, who took my pants? They fight over panties. They fight even over bra. Mommy, I told her not to wear my bra. They, in fact, they, even if they don't fight over bra. You know they say she has what you, you, outsider, you see all of them dress well. They have dressed well, but in they look at ah, her. It's my clothes she wore. <laughs> I mean, everybody realize that is true. You know, but you, you are admiring them. But the sister is like, you know, at some time the one of the sister will wear the other one and leave for church fast. Then the other one wakes up early, and ah, then it will turn to a fight. Or oh, the brother, I remember I had a cousin, uh, a brother, you know, who came to, my mom, uh, a cousin who came to live with us. And he, he had things that I don't have. So, I would unzip his bag. Where is shoe? Where is this thing? Where is buying the thing? He doesn't know that I'm watching. You know? And by the time I wear it, he wants to wear it, he's, i have gone to church. And by the time I come back, they'll come and see fight. Even my son recently, uh, I I was looking for my shirt. I thought, "Ah, "Where is my shirt?" You know, the only for me to get to church, and I saw "Ah." (laughs) no permission. One day, I had three belts. All my belts disappeared. If in if your family things can work out by themselves, don't you realize? Even my belts. So, when he leaves, I will go and open brew, and you will see my belt inside somebody's... What will you do? My wife said, ah, even what she showed her mother, she prayed that she doesn't repeat. That she, she will just carry her mother's shoe straight to church, then the mother will come with me, and she'll be, where is for me? Where is for me? <laughs> you know? But you see, these are fond facts in families. It's good to belong to a family. Amen. And... That is what the Lord designed the church to be. Families. 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 Amen. Now, if the church is a family, we must then realize that there are three types of families. How many types? Three types of family. The first type of family you have is the organized family. The organized family. The second is the disorganized family. The third kind of family is the dysfunctional family. The dysfunctional family. How many types of family now? Organized, disorganized, and what? Disfo- Let's talk about organized family. How do you know an organized family? An organized family is a family that things work by design. They don't leave things to chance. The Bible said, that, write the vision, Abba, chapter 2, verse 1. It said, write the vision, make it plain, that they may run, that I read at it. Abba, 2, verse 1 to 2. In an organized family, one of the things that makes them organized is that there's a vision. There's a goal. They know where they are going. And you see, the father of, of the family, the parents, don't leave things to chance. You heard a testimony from uh, 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 one of our uh, dear sisters in church that said that the, the, the son just graduated, um, just got 5.0 GPA in, a, in the medical school. Now he's going to the medical school now. No, he's in the medical school. But, you know, if you don't, you know when it's time to begin to group them, you, know, you have to, if you want to go to become a medical doctor, there is a certain mark you must get. If you don't get that mark, they will move it to either pharmacy um, or um, veterinary medicine. or this. But if it's medical doctor, medicine you want to start, actually study in his core, you can't go. That's the, the testimony she was given. But you know what the mother is telling you is that she's, she didn't leave it to chance. She said to, the, you, you know, she told me that I want my son to be a medical doctor. So she began to work at it, save towards it. She put the system and structure in place for that boy to be there. The time the boy wrote the jam and the nurse called it, he said, you are going to write the game. In fact, they offered that boy transport to go and study transport. She said, no, my son is not studying transportation. My son is studying medicine. We are writing it again. And she went again and, you know, put everything, the boy, and now you can hear that testimony that the boy is on his way to actually to the medical college has an organized family there is a vision for them they know where they are going one of the characteristics of of organized family that it shows in the education of their children it shows in who they marry let me give you an example people think that politicians are fools but the political class in our country they are a very good example of organized family don't you realize that, especially look, you know, the northern part of Nigeria is at the, one of the best example I can give as people with organized family. If there is any secret you will learn from the, when I even say the northern part of Nigeria, from the Fulanis, the Aousas, is that you don't stumble on success, you work it out. They no way you will not see and in most sectors for instance in Nigeria you hardly will you come across a fulani man or an hausa man because in in that clan in that tribe there is a design by default that they follow that we want to rule Nigeria and to be a ruler you must have power so an average fulani man or an hausa man you will hardly see them all right in the day-to-day banking all. No. They have left that for most people. But go to the law enforcement agencies. Go to where there is power. Where the can, people can exert influence in Nigeria. You will see them like bread and butter there. It's not something that is happening by choice. It's happening by design. They reorientate their children. This is where... This is our mission in Nigeria is to rule this country. And we know that we may not have the best schools, or but in order to rule, we must belong to this class. And that that is where you see them. You at least see them even in uh, traveling to certain countries. They know where to travel to. They know what it means to rule. Whilst the rest are saying, and you know, one of the major things, deception is to look like a malam and think he's a fool. They look as though they are full. But fruit is the end of argument. Evidence is the end of argument. If they are true, how can a fool be ruling all this long? Do you realize that there is no there is no regime that people from that session are not relevant? Go and check. In every... When even power changes hand, they are always in top three. In every parastate house, federal parastate especially, the one that controls all our commonwealth, go and check. is either the man is the director... Or is in finance, or is it, um, is it our, the assistant deputy director? You will not see them as the, uh, as the clerk. No, they are in the top three. Go and check. Verify what I'm saying. You think it is happening by design? No, by chance? No. From the time they gave birth, they know that this is what we do. So they, their children are by design raised and trained in that line how you will know they are so organized, and that's why they, are, they, are, they, are, they will always rule, is that check how they marry. They really don't even do cross-tribal marriage. Go and check. And you will see, among them, even today, when we, we think, well, we just want to marry, we just, no, 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 no. They, are, they, they, are, they have so much oriented their children that politicians children marry one another. No, go and find out. In the political class, they marry one another. Right, you will see that, oh, the governor of this is giving his daughter to the governor of this one. The, the son of this. Hardly will you see them marry somebody that is not even in the political class. Why? Because by design, they know that they must keep their children in power. It must succeed. But that's an organized family. That's an organized family. That there's a vision. And we follow through on that vision. So we all know that things don't happen by chance. This is where we are going. This is how we are going to get there. Everybody, let's go there. Organized family. The other type of family is the disorganized family. The major difference between an organized and a disorganized family is that in a disorganized family, they don't follow a vision. Everybody... Just do what they think is right. In a disorganized family, majorly, what is lacking is vision. So you say, My mother can't tell me who to marry. My father cannot tell me who to marry. And especially those of us who are from the southern part, it's very common. My my, my, my mother can't tell me who to marry. My pastor cannot tell me who to marry. Nobody can. I want to just live life. So you see that, for instance, where most of us are, what makes us choose the courses we choose is after we have failed jam several times. So the jam then is jam that chooses course for most of us because after you fail jams about 10 times, then they offer you finally zoology and you take it. Is that what happens? Naturally, that. that's what happens. An you, even anaconda course, you take it. <laughs> how to study snake? How many snakes? I, I, I wonder how people can be studying zoology in a country that does not have zoo. Zoo. When the lion sees you, he are seen food. Go and see where they have zoo. Even the lion is well fed more than the human being. When lion sees, he you, you say, "Whoa, we are welcome." And he said, "Lion, I just want to take the." Don't you realize that? Go and ch- ch- I, I, not your wide. You see people. Somebody is chasing snake, and the snake self is happy. The snake is happy. They are chasing alligator. Lion. They enter lion's cage. They will see, and they will take picture with lion. Nigeria lion. Nigerian lion? You will see that the stomach has gone inside. The head has come outside. Even the head itself is showing that there is austerity in the land. And so when you are going to study zoology, I think that the only thing that you can study in Nigeria's zoology is how how a lion can live on grass and still survive. Then you can come to Nigeria and study it. Because the person that wants to feed the lion goats... Will, ah am not eating he so said that should be he will take the goats and give the lion the bone and go and cut grass so i think if you study zoology in nigeria one of the things you not know, discover is the mystery of how a carnivore can become a herbivore how a lion can live eating grass and yes, you are still studying it is because of a disorganized family but that is even not where we're going the third kind of family is the dysfunctional family remember the disorganized family the major thing is there is peace the only thing is that there is no vision Nobody is driving the wheel nobody's saying this is where we are going and this is how we're going together everybody follow In a disorganized family, what what is there is that no vision, no mission. Everybody, they are just going. It's what we call everywhere, but that's not the worst family. The third kind of family is the worst family, which is the dysfunctional family. Remember I said the church is a family. So our church can either be categorized into any of those three. A dysfunctional family is characterized by chaos. You can call it the chaotic family. A dysfunctional family. You can call it chaotic family. It's a family where nobody trusts anybody. It's a family where uncles don't trust brothers and brothers don't trust aunties. I don't know whether you have seen such a family that even they will tell you, ah, that, don't, don't go and eat in that man's house. Don't eat in this one's house. They will even call you... If they, they call for family meeting, don't go there. Yes, they are the one that killed your mother. They are the one that killed your father. So, in a dysfunctional family, you will see that even though they may be the president of Nigeria, the family members don't look as though they have any bloodline of precedence in them. Because they don't help one another. They quarrel like no man's business. In a dysfunctional family, chaos reigns. So, you will see that they, have, they, they can be so... They can achieve so much, but the thing is that everybody is a lone ranger. Nobody sees anybody. Nobody is helping anybody. The only thing is that instead of helping, what they have known to do more is quarrel, quarrel, quarrel. And you see, what that happened is that you can hear that, oh, his brother is abroad. But yet, even though he has helped other people, he will not help his own family member because it's a dysfunctional family. His, his, his brother is the MD of this bank but he will not employ it because he knows that if he employs from his family they will scatter the company. They don't trust themselves. There is no peace from one quarrel to the other. You will say that in a dysfunctional family there is nothing called we are coming together to celebrate Christmas. You want to celebrate Christmas? You want to celebrate? We are having family event. In fact, I know of a dysfunctional family that it was so bad that even when they are being naming ceremony, are, the family members don't attend. Their own, their own naming ceremony, they will not attend. Because, they will say, eh, because of one reason or the other. Quarrel left, quarrel right, quarrel everywhere. And you see, in a dysfunctional family, poverty reigns. Chaos reigns. Stagnation reigns. They can be characterized as a family that is thirsty even though they are by the rivers of water. Opportunities are bound around them but quarrel will never let them see it. That's a dysfunctional family. Now, amazingly, the church is a family. Every church can be categorized into either of these. Is either the church is an organized family, a disorganized family, or a dysfunctional family. Because the church is a family. Now let's quickly look at something. Reasons why the church is a a family. Number one, before we then go into what we need to say. Number one reason is that Jesus referred to God as our father. So in Luke chapter 11 verse 1, Jesus said, when you pray, say our father. Which art in heaven. So, in other words, in the Old Testament, God was not, God, God, they could not refer to God as a father. But in the New Testament, Jesus said, now refer to him as a father, so that you will understand that now God is raising a family. He's officially declaring that I am raising a family. So, it's the way you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Amen. The second reason why the church is also a family is because we are referred to as children of God. Not as slaves of God. Not as servants of God. But we are referred to as what? Children of God. John chapter 1 verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Oh, I'm a child of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 16 says, Romans eight sixteen, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen. Amen. It bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So the question is, if the church is a family, who owns the church? Who owns the church? Who owns the church? Well, I want to show the ownership of the church. Matthew 16 verse 18 says, and I tell you, Peter, NLT, and I tell you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. I will build my church. I will build my church. Right. So the church belongs to God. He said it's his church. Now, if God is the head of the church and is raising a family, so what kind of family do you think God wants to raise? Organized family, disorganized family or a dysfunctional family? Which one do you think God will want to raise? Which one do you think God will want to raise? Organized family. family. Because that is why he said the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Listen, in a dysfunctional family, you will see that the father just gives birth to children like rats, no responsibility. The mother gives birth plenty children they can have 20 children, but none of them will go to school. Every child, one brother was telling me that, I don't know what my parents were thinking. At the age of three, I left home and they didn't fight for me. He told me himself. See, I, Pastor, I was just three years old. And I told them that this is how I want to live my life. And my father said, if that is what you want to do, so be three years old. Hey. And he said, he began to also do for himself. Those of us who came from dysfunctional family, you know that it's not easy. You, If you are six years, you have to grow up to become a man very fast. You have to learn to also very fast. If you are a girl, you have to learn how to have many boyfriends at a tender age. Because why? Nobody cares for you. Nobody is asking how you are living, how you are surviving. You are just on your own. You are just on your own. Everybody is just there. Nobody trusts one another. I've I've heard somebody say that in my family, they will tell you that, see... If they call you, tell them that you are not at home. If they give you food, don't eat. They may want to kill you. Now, you are not eating. You cannot visit one another. How can you help one another? So in times of crisis, nobody can help anybody. Because it's a dysfunctional family. You see, in a dysfunctional, you see, this land, as a pastor, when I move around in our terrain in Agege, 90% of families in this land are dysfunctional. Because you see, how come we have high rate of illiteracy? What is making Yahoo Yahoo popular? is because a boy looks at the father. If I continue this way, nobody's helping me. Nobody's doing anything for me. So, and I want to armor at all costs. So let me also start. But let me say this to you. That's not an excuse, my brother or my sister. Because there's still a right way to do things. Don't let that poverty drive you into, it, into a life of stealing. There's a there's a better way to do things. But you see, one of the things that has made Yahoo Yahoo and Gogu Gogu and the, all the who who popular is actually dysfunctionality in the home. Because even when the child is growing up, those of us when we to choose career, I remember when I was going to choose career, nobody guided me, nobody guided me. I just said a many many man no more. I don't like science. I don't like art. Let me go for, let me go for science. Let me go for science. And I was so this I said I want to go for medicine. Somebody that will not go to school every day. The, my result was telling me, oh boy, if you go science, you will fail. But pride was saying no. Because we, if I become a doctor, I will have injected people. Eh? I just ah, that anger in me. If I inject you, you say hey, I will slap you. Bah. Break your bonbon Put My resource was telling me, "How can I want to be a doctor, Mr. John, when even you don't even know the basic chemistry, chemical formulas, ion table? I don't lithium, beryllium, boron, carbon, nitrogen." By the time I finished carrying bonbon, all of them disappeared. Ah! And still, nobody looked at me. Was, boy. Oh boy. This men sin. Go and do arts. Because my result was telling me arts. I said no. Medi. <laughs> I, I didn't go to school Monday to Friday. If I try going to school Monday to Friday, hunger will finish us. To even pay school fees, I had to go and work a tippa carry to carry out. To, to, to load about six tippers of sand in a day with abokis. I stayed at a market here with selling mola, with kuli, kuli with malams. During school hours, and I said, I want to become a medical doctor. But you see, YEC helped me to gain experience. Because when I f- first YEC, even CRK was the only one that God showed me mercy. Oh, I know. Uh, uh, CRK. What's CRK? Yoruba? <laughs> How can a Christian face CRK? It was that bad. Because even in church, as I'm sitting in church, all like, oh, these the pastor, all these wicked pastor, Wonderful, I know. I don't know whether you are there. He's always talking about money. You know, why some people hear pastor talk about money, you See, wicked man. He's just mentioning millions, millions. He will not give us one. So even in church, I was so angry. That, ah, pastor, we come. Hey, praise God. You know. Ah. The good news of Pastor is a bad news to some of us. He shares all this because I'm not eating. And the pastor is saying all this. So, no wonder I even feel CRK. Because I was so bitter. And when I saw it, physics, F9. Geography, F9. Chemistry, F9. Um, Economics, F9. Um, Biology, thank you. It's like you two, (laughs) it's called F9 before. Hallelujah. Oh, nice subject. Oh, Yoruba, (laughs) sissies. Maybe I will have actually joined Cocoa, who knows? But you see, the hardship of going through a dysfunctional family is not a good one. If a church becomes a dysfunctional church, the sad news is, you will see, you know, Nobody is helping anybody in that church. And that's not to be. Nobody cares for one another in that church. It will be, this is fighting this, that is fighting that. Because it's in a dysfunctional family, Satan reigns as king. Satan reigns as king. Is somebody with me? Is, are you still with me? So now, the, the thing there is that if we know that God wants to build an organized family, then... We must understand that the greatest battle a church has to fight is to fight whatever wants us to make become a dysfunctional family. Whatever wants to make a church become a place where we cannot have safe havens. Where we cannot rally around one another in time of need. Where we cannot help one another. Where we cannot pray for one another where whatever wants to make a church becomes a battleground, a fighting ground, then as children of God, we know that that is our number one problem. That's our number one challenge, I mean. To make sure that the church remains a place where we can come and find hope. Where we can come and and find life. Where we can come and fulfill destiny. You see, if our own front fails, we can forgive it. But if the church fails, we can't forgive it. Because the church is the last resort for all of us. That is why God wants to build an organized church. Family. Amen, somebody. Now, let's now look at how to fight the forces of dysfunctionality in the the church. How then do we prevent the forces of dysfunctionality? Because you see, Satan's aim is to make a church dysfunctional. Makes a church, you know, when I was talking about our brethren who traveled, Both of them were in two, they are in two different places in UK, but they don't even know. From the same church, they traveled the same month. As a pastor, I had to put a call through. I said, do you know that both of you arrived in UK at the same time? You are here, you are there. I had to do a conference call, so yeah, exchange numbers. Exchange numbers. So they had to exchange numbers. And I said, tell me what you are going through. They told me, I said, okay, this is how we can be of help. Okay, I'm going to call you back. He said, as a pastor, I, I don't want them to go through some of the hardship in the place. So I had to begin to call some of the organizations that we, have, we belong to in church that are in UK. I said, hey, we have two people here in UK. I really want you to be of help. See, he they didn't have to give me money. Because, you see, as a, as a pastor, my, my desire is to see them Prosper. Because they belong to a family. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is what a church is supposed to be. But if not for the family, both of them will be there. They don't even know that they are from the same church. And they they will be wanting and suffering in the same land, perhaps, when there could have been a better way to go through it. So we must fight whatever wants to make the church dysfunctional is a family. We must fight the forces of dysfunctionality. And that is what we call church slayers. Dysfunctional forces in a church are referred to as church slayers. Church slayers, in this context, are human and spiritual agents that the devil engages in order to weaken or destroy the church. I will say it again. Church slayers are... Human and spiritual agent that the devil engages in order to weaken or destroy the church. Now, why must you understand this? I told you that the reason why we are children of God is because God is our father, right? You remember that? But do you know that even the devil is a father too? Oh, you are surprised. God himself referred to the devil as a father. There are two fathers in this world. The devil and God. John 8, Look at it. John 8, 44. You are of your father the devil. You are of your father the devil. And, and your will is to do your father's desire. Jesus calls the devil a father. So in you know other words, If the devil is also a father, that means the devil also is raising a family. Are you there? So you see, you must understand that for the devil to take over a church or to father a church, he cannot father an organized church where God is enthroned. The devil takes over in order to father a church through dysfunctionality. That is why, as believers, don't you realize that say, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. And have you also now read that where the children of God are gathered, there that, that the enemy too is. There's a fight in every church that I want to father them. The devil is saying to I want to father them. I want to father them. And the devil is saying, I also want to father them. These functionalities. Let's look at um, how then do we contend with the Church slayers. Now, there are two types of church slayers. Or there are different types of church slayers. Let's start. The first church slayer we must contend with in the church is the devil himself. The devil is the number one church slayer every church must contend with. Matthew 16 verse 18, New Living Translation. Look at it. He said, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, New Living Translation. And upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Hey, look at at it. Did you see that? All the powers of hell will not conquer it. In other words, the devil is always attempting to destroy the church. To weaken the church. But Jesus said, hey, guys, if you understand that the devil is always attempting to destroy the things of God, then you will know what to do because there is an enemy that doesn't want every church on every church to do well. He's in the business of scattering and weakening churches. Wherever there is a church, there is a light there. Wherever there is a church, there's a light there. Some years ago, there's a church in this place. They've closed down now. I think just by the road there, um, it has been taken over by a hairdressing salon now. But I remember they invited our choristers for a program one day. What? Suya night. They call it Suya night. And they came back and told me what they saw. And I knew that, oh, this is a dysfunctional system. But they didn't know that when you see dysfunctionality in a church, it's a sign of the presence of demons. How did they know? It's not a Suyana because we two organize Suyana. He said, the, the, the person said that even the person that wants to come and take an was wearing slippers. Yes, was wearing slippers was wearing slippers to come and take announcement. He was wearing slippers. Then he said, then the, the, the choristers sat in a place and one of them was just wearing short knicker. Then the other one, the, one of the girls was wearing something so tight, the panties were showing. And, you know, because they have understood those things from where they are coming from, they were able to say, like, no, something is not right here. And the pastor did not know that dysfunctionality is an invitation for destruction. The moment a, a system is dysfunctional, you are actually sending an invitation, it will come. You don't. Need to, it will, it will, It's a direct invitation, whether you like it or not, the devil will come there. So when they came back, they said, Pastor, this is what we saw. And you know, as uh, so, uh, somebody was saying, somebody would say, no, 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 no. That's not this song. And you know, so much chaos. So they came and told me, and said, so one day I was driving past on this road. I paused. I said, "Let me." I thought I would see the pastor. So I entered the place. They had a decking then. You will see the, the church is not a. Where you see the address on that road, it used to be a church. They had a decking. It was, I remember it was a midweek. So I came down. I entered. And on the decking of the church was this guy who was just wearing a knicker uh, and had no shirt on. And he was sitting on the decking of the church, on the building. And there was another girl there that was just playing, and they were running around. So I asked, "Where is the pastor?" I couldn't get him. I knew something is not right. Anybody comes and just sleeping, you know, in a job you are wearing, you are wearing nicker during day, sitting on the deck and all the people who are traveling on the road can see you no shirt on, and girls are there playing with you. I said, "No." So Today. Go there. That church is no more. And any time a church closes up, darkness prevails. Because the presence of a church means the presence of light. Are you with me? Now, I'm going to show you that this is what God has been contending with to raise a organized family. And the devil has always gone to attack anything God starts. God has started different churches, but you may not know, and they are in the Bible. So, for the sake of illustration, we are going to call these churches that God started by different names. So, let's go. The first church that God started was called Church of Heaven Worldwide International. Church of Heaven Worldwide International. Don't worry. You won't get it like that. We just have to give it a name. Genesis chapter 1. Look at it. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Even this time around, God started the church himself. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep Pause. I know that a lot of us read it, but you, don't, you didn't just see what just happened. So let's read it slowly. Verse 1 again, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, watch. The Bible says that everything that God creates is perfect, Right. Because the perfect God. But verse 2, look at it. And the earth was without form and void. How can God create something that is without form and void? No, do you realize that it doesn't tally? God created the heaven and the earth. Then the Bible says, and the earth was without form and void. So in between verse 1 and verse 2, is it does that mean that when God created it, God Himself created something that does not have form and void? That's the question we should ask ourselves. Does that mean that God created something that was not beautiful? And it's a conjunction. What happened between what God created and the thing that was without form and void? They don't seem to make sense. Well, the devil actually gave us an answer. You see, see, when you read Genesis chapter 1, you think that it was just the beginning. There was a beginning before this beginning. Look at it. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. Isaiah 14, verse 12. How art thou falling from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are thou caught down to the ground, which deeds weaken the nations? Watch. Where did it fall from? Are you there? Verse 13, for thou said in thy heart, I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sight of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Verse 15, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly took upon they, look upon thee and consider thee, say, Is this the man that made the earth to what? Tremble, and did shake kingdoms, that made the world as wilderness, and destroyed cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners. He said, My pastor, that is not the only thing. Wait. Revelation chapter twelve verse 7. Revelation chapter twelve verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels, verse 8, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon, dragon was cast out. That old serpent called who? The devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world, it was cast down unto where? He was cast down unto where? And his angels were cast out with him. And verse 10. Now watch. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation. And strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Did you see? So, by the time the Bible said God created, there was a world that was destroyed. So, Genesis from verse 2 downward was a story of actual recreation. And it has been proven scientifically. Because scientists will tell you that they, there used to be dinosaurs in this world. There used to be things that are millions of ages. The scientists will tell you that they've they, they seen evidence of some, even some animals that used to be there. And they are still uncovering them. What happened? Something must have destroyed the initial world when the devil was cast down. So that was why, you see, when God then created man. This time around, God put him in the garden. That is the name of the new church. Garden of Eden International Ministry. And God put him there. And said, hey guys, this time around, I'm going to start a church. Adam, you are going to be my member. Eve, my new member. Alright? Are we happy? Yes. Alright. But Genesis chapter 3, everybody follow me to Genesis chapter 3. We are now in Church of Eden International. Genesis chapter 3. Are you there? First, let's, no, let's go to Genesis 2, 7 first. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nose the breath of life and the man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put who? Man whom he had formed. Right? Good. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent was the shrewdest of the wild animal. The Lord had, God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Shh. The devil is always speaking in every church. Now, this is the church that God started. And the devil was both to enter. That means he was on the earth already. That is what I was trying to tell you in the first one. The worldwide church. It was on the earth. Where did he come from? Because he has been cast down. Now God started something new and put man there and gave him a will. And yet he came and spoke to the man. Now by the time the devil finished speaking in this church, look at what happened. Verse 8 of Genesis chapter 3. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking among in the garden. Watch. What did they do? What did they do? So they eat from the Lord God among the trees. Hey, watch. The devil spoke to them. By the time the devil finished speaking to them, they saw God as their enemy. Can you imagine somebody preferring a tree to God? This is what happens when you allow the devil's voice to reign in a church. People will prefer trees to God if you ever allow the devil in any church to reign and cause dysfunctionality, what happens is that a tree will look better than God. Because the Bible says, they went and eat among the trees. Can you imagine God, general overseer God? And they say, hey! Now we know that you are a wicked person. There are voices that if you ever allow in your life, they will even make your husband look like a devil. Yeah. A woman said the other day that she was always confiding in her friend. This one, I know the woman directly. About her husband. About her husband. About her husband. About the things about her husband. And eventually, the woman would give her advice. And the, the marriage, her own marriage was getting worse. Only for her, one day, she saw a picture that the husband was dancing and spraying money at the party. And guess who was there? Our own friend. Actually, the woman that the husband was befriending was her friend. The same friend that was giving her advice. She lost the marriage. The day she saw the picture and confronted the husband, it was too late. It was too late. Which voices are you listening to? Because look at it in this garden. The Bible says... That in verse 23, so the Lord God banished them from the garden of Eden. And Adam and Eve to cultivate the ground. After sending them out, the Lord God stationary, stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the garden. God had to send them out of the church. Say, now, for you to see me as a wicked person, what, what do I need? Because the devil has made you think I'm a wicked person. That's what the devil wants. That's what the devil wants. That is what the devil wants. Amen. Amen. Very quickly. How many churches have we listened to now? Church 2, right? Let's look at the third church that God started again. God is always starting church. This one is called Restore Mankind Worldwide International Ministry. Restore Mankind Worldwide International Ministry. So after God changed them out, God said, I'm going to start a church again. And do you know this time around what God did? God came down to start the church by himself. The Bible says in John chapter 1 in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse two, the same was with God in the beginning. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And verse five, and the light shineth in darkness and darkness could not comprehend it. And verse 14, everybody. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us Now. When God came to this world in the person of Jesus, when you hear the Son of God, the Son of God means God as a man. That's what it means, the Son of God. It means God, man. man. That's the incarnated God. So God came to the world and became a human being. Walked among us just to want to now save us with a new church. Look at what the devil did. In Luke chapter 4, the Bible said that immediately Jesus went into the wilderness to go and fast for 40 days about this church. Lord, let this church work. Let this church work. Let this church work. The Bible said that the devil came in Lufo and began to tempt him. And began to tempt him. And um, the Bible then said in verse 13, and when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Why did he come in the first place? He came to even frustrate him from succeeding as Pastor Jesus. This is Pastor Jesus. If the devil was after Pastor Jesus, is it Pastor John the devil will not be after? If the devil was after the church that God started, is it Royal Grace Chapel that the devil will not be after? No, every church. The devil's aim is to scatter it. Are you with me? As a pastor, what, am I, what is my problem? When you look at me, for instance, I have only one plan an agenda. To help people know God. To help people love God, to help people serve God. My only aim, when I pray every day, is to help people draw near to God. I didn't know really get, get before. I've not been here before. I was on my way to United States to go and study system forensics. So I was going to be a consultant for EFCC because you see, I've been in computer business since two thousand, uh, since nineteen ninety nine. There are, from the days of Windows 3.1 And the Lord said to me, come to this land I came here joyfully But what's my problem? One of my friends looked at me and said Hey, you two you are going to start the business of church Oh boy, you don't make money But you see, I've been the pastor of this church For over 14 years now 50 couple have not been paid to me What's my problem? Why am I doing it? When you see me all oh, the offering baskets to collect money, it's not to buy shoe. I've never done that. To buy clothes, no, I've never bought a suit from the money that you contribute in this church. Is it wrong? Of course. If that is what they pay they don't pay me salary in this church. So what am, why am I doing? It my children is here, my wife is here. I remember my wife was going to buy a first golf three. I collected all the money and said, let's buy chairs for the work of God. Is it because I want to take over the things of the church? Nothing in this church is in my name. There is nothing they buy in this church that they wrote it in the name of Pastor John Joseph. Nothing like that. Why am I doing it? Because you see, God raises a man of God to lead people to greatness. To restore and recover destiny. God raises a man of God to lead people towards him. And every man of God knows that the devil will tempt you. The devil will attack you. Because he knows that the moment they can follow you, they will get to the land God wants them to get to. The moment they can follow what you say, he knows that their life will be better. So what will the devil do? He will turn you against even your own pastor so that you will never have a shepherd in your life. The devil is after that you never have a pastor. He doesn't want you to have a shepherd because he knows that when God, when you follow the voice of your shepherd, your life will be better for it. So you see, I know the devil is fighting me because he fought Jesus. And you see, in the, on the radio, pastors are always being maligned, you know, said a lot of things. When you hear it, a genuine pastor being accused, being maligned, know that the devil has come to time again. Why? He just wants to turn the people away. So that he can pastor them. Is either you have been pastored by the devil or you have been pastored by God. But you always have a pastor in your life. Everybody has a pastor. Everybody has a pastor because the devil is a father and God is a... But you have the choice to choose who your pastor is. But you can never be pastorless. Everybody has a pastor. Is Are you with me? Yes, now watch again. When the devil did not get Jesus, he went after the church members. So in John chapter six, I will quickly paraphrase from verse one. You really account where Jesus fed five thousand people. How many people? Five, five thousand. thousand. Hey, yeah. five thousand. John six one. And by the time he fed five thousand, they were so angry, they were so happy. They ate bread and sanding from heaven. And the Bible says, after John chapter 6, verse, uh, from verse 6, the next day they all came to church happy. Oh, we're not like a church that is feeding people. Happy, Pastor Jesus, we've come again. We have come again. And Jesus looked at them and said, guys, you know, I like you. I like you. But now, we cannot continue this bread and Sunday ministry. Let me teach you the word of God. I want to tell you the truth. I want to tell you the truth. Look at it. He said in John chapter 6, alright, verse 26, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous sign. Are you there? Move to verse 47. Again, verse 47. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Listen. Listen. The implication of telling the truth is that the devil can use the truth to turn people against God. This day that people, Jesus said, "I tell you the truth. Now I'm going to change my sermon. I want to change my sermon and the sermon that I want to tell you the truth of how you can become a better Christian. Do you know what happened? Remember that the Bible said that the church, the church, had grew to five thousand, right? Only men, beside women. So that means it's just a church of about ten thousand. The day Jesus said, I will tell you the truth. I will tell you the truth. Watch what happened. Verse 60. Verse 60. Many of his disciples said, This is a very hard, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? You see it is my prayer that God will not give you a pastor that will tell you the lie. Because you see, in the end time, the Bible says they will gather unto themselves, preachers having what? Each he hears. Now, Christianity too is changing. Because you see, you see that every time now, there is a system where a pastor just wants to make himself a mini-god. He won't teach you how to pray. He won't teach you how to fast. He won't teach you how to understand the Bible. But you see, every problem, come to me and I will solve it. That is not what Christianity is all about. Don't you realize that some of you, some people came to your house this morning. Somebody, somebody pray for you. We are doing Operation Macedonia. I told the chaplain and the workers in church, we are going to pray for our people 100 hours in five weeks. Go and check. That's an average of three hours every day for five weeks. Minus every other prayer we do. Why? Because our prayer is that you will be able to hear the truth. A gentleman sent me a message about three weeks ago. He said, Pastor, now I understood what you are telling me. Even though I'm not in this church anymore. And I've gone away. If I have a choice, I can read it from you. He said, if I have a choice, I will do it the other way. I will have listened to you. He said, I will have listened to you. Now I understood. That's what the devil wants. He wants you to learn by experience, not by counsel. You see, everybody will learn. It's either you learn from experience or from counsel. But you see, experience leaves scars. Counsel leaves blessings. When you learn, there are some experience you may never recover from. I pray that will not be your portion. When I got the message, my heart bled for him. Because you see, the voices he listened to during that season, where are the voices today? The devil just used them to destabilize his life. The, the voices he was following, where are they today? But you see, during that season of his life, as I was telling him the truth, look at what Jesus did. You see, when, you see at this point, verse 66 of John 6, give me verse 66. So at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Oh, they left the church of Jesus because he told them the truth. Look at it. Not You must realize, one of the things I have realized as a pastor is that a, a servant is not better than his master. If people left Jesus' church, uh, this is, what name of the church again? Which church are we talking about? Restore Mankind, Restore mankind inter- Worldwide International Ministry. You see, they left it. Because of what? The truth. That means, as a pastor, we must know that when we tell the truth, some will leave. But you must not be afraid, because you see, over 2,000 years, restore mankind, international ministry has given birth to so many ministries. Today, Christianity is still the number one religion in the world, because why it was founded on the truth. Don't ever find your life, found your life on what is false. Fight to be truthful in all your ways. It may mean that people will turn their back on you. They may say your own is too much. They may say, oh, you are this, you are that. But you see, in the end, a truthful person will always prevail. Even in your place of work, they report to you that you are this. You don't join them to do this. You don't join them to do that. See, stand for what the truth. Find, find, build on the truth and you will see how with time, God will lift you up. Say with me, I will build on the truth. Finally. After he went and he took over, and a church of over ten thousand reduced to twelve people, it was not still okay. Now he went for the last two, two people. This part I want to share with you. If I want you to just listen, because this won't concern most of us. Then Jesus went for Peter. In Matthew chapter sixteen. Verse 15, Jesus asked the question, Who do men say I am? In verse 18, Peter eventually answered well I said. Thou art Jesus, the, the son of the living God. You are Christ. Then Jesus said, upon this rock, Peter, Peter, he mentioned his name, he said, and I say unto thee, thou art Peter, Matthew 16, verse 18, and upon this one will I build my church, and the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. Then verse 19, he did not stop there Say, said, I will give you the keys of this church. Look at it, verse 19 says, and I will give unto you the keys of this kingdom. You know what, well, now you are going to be a great person in this church. When the devil heard, when the devil heard that, it's like you have a future in this place, So, it's like God wants to use you in this place. It's like God wants to do something in your life through this church. Look at what the devil did. The Bible says in verse 20, then charge his disciples that he should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, verse 21, and from that time forth, Jesus began to show them, his disciples, how he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised. The Look at it. Verse 22, then who? Who now? Who? No, who who, who, whose name did you see now? Is it John? Peter. Is it Matthew? Peter. Why Peter? Because Jesus just mentioned his name that he, God is going to use it in this restore mankind international ministry. You, God is going to use it to do something great. Immediately the devil heard that your destiny and your, your life is connected. You see, one thing I want you to know that a church is a spiritual place. God will not send you to a church if your destiny is not relevant in that church. My pastor, Bishop Dagiwood Mills, I've known him now for over 25 years. I met him when I was just a secondary school student. That's over 25 years ago. All right? But you see, that man of God alone in my life changed everything. The presence of that man of God drew me closer to God. He was the first person that made me travel out of Nigeria to Ghana. That was the first place I ever traveled to. And he housed me for seven days in Ghana. Gave us transport back to come back to Nigeria. He looked at me, believed in me. I was, I was I, I backslidden as a Christian. I was wearing chains all around the place. But this man of God, what I didn't know even the, the, I, the first packing shirt I ever wore that I knew the size was from him. He gave me tie to wear. I remember when I did my first business card. I never knew that I can, I can even have a company that can be registered in America. But you see, it, it, a company that just had a small shop somewhere, he looked at it and said, God will bless this company. It will, t- it will make it great. It, it, it will make you great. It, today, is still my pastor. The presence of that man of God, he saw what others could not see. But what if I just took him as another pastor and I walked away? Perhaps I will not be here today. I will have walked away from destiny. The devil went after Peter's traits. The devil is coming after you, too. You must be where? He, he doesn't want you to ever be established in any church. And he went after him and lo- look at what he did to him. Then verse 23. No, let's start from Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee. Lord, thou shalt not be unto the This shall not be unto the verse 23. Everybody, can you read together with me? But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me. That means Satan possessed him. Now, I want you to learn this lesson. It was not only Peter that was possessed by Satan. Because you will also see that in John chapter 13, verse 2, everybody open to Two disciples were possessed by Satan. John chapter thirteen verse two. During supper, when the devil had already put it in the heart of who Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. All right, and um, the Bible then says in verse nine, Simon Peter said, "Lord, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head." Then Jesus said, "The one who I battered does does not need to be washed, except for his feet, but is complete clean. And you are clean, but not." every one of you. Verse 11. For he knew who was to betray him. Alright? Verse 21. After this thing, Jesus was troubled in the spirit and testified. Truly, truly, I say unto you, one of you will betray me. Are you still with me? Yes, Verse 22. Then disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spake. Verse 26. Jesus answered, it is whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So, when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Verse 27, everybody. Then, after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said, What you are going to do, do it quickly. I'm about to show you something as I heard. Satan entered into Peter. Satan entered into Judas. Peter ended up still becoming this, a general overseer of the church. Judas ended up killing himself. He hanged himself. When I got here yesterday, I asked the Lord, Lord, what is the difference between Peter and Peter? and Judas, why did one die and the other one lived Lord I ask in prayer, please tell me, what was it that made Peter survive that so much that Satan left him, but that Satan killed Judas as I stood there yesterday praying the Lord gave me an answer What was the difference between Judas and Peter? Everybody, are you with me? Are you interested to get the answer? Uh, Do you want to know this answer? Both of them had Satan entering them, right? One died. The other did not die. The Lord said to me, when Satan entered into Peter, he never left his association when Satan entered into Judas he departed from his association if you read when immediately Satan entered into Judas if you go and read very well let me show you what it did Matthew 26 verse 14 The Bible said, then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests. In, In other words, the chief priest is in a church. One day, somebody will offend you in a church. In a church, somebody will make you angry. Ask for that one. Because either you are Peter or Judas, it will happen to you. But what we matter most is who do you associate with in the season of your offense? Who are the company you keep when things are not going right? Peter, go and check. Even though Satan was there, he was still moving with righteous people. That Satan did not kill him, was not able to kill him. But Judas, when he went and began to speak to the wrong people, when you are angry, don't look for other people who are angry like you. When you are not happy, don't look for other people who are not happy. You are a married woman. Your husband is not making you happy. And you are going to look for a divorced woman to talk to. You are a a single sister. You are not you. You are saying that the person that wants to marry you is not treating you well. But you are going to talk to a lady who has never even nobody has proposed to her before and you're this guy is not so good he promised to buy me iPhone 15 he bought me iPhone 14 but you are that the person you are not talking to not even have one person that has proposed to her that, who do you associate with when your marriage is tough when things are going tough in your life, who do you speak to you see the problem with people is that I, whether you are Peter or Judas, Satan will attack you but what will help you survive the season of your attack is the company you keep you see things can only get worse or better by the kind of company you keep the bible said by the time Pharisees Sadducees and all described they finished talking to Judas eh? you mean Jesus did this to you after many years in the ministry eh? you mean Jesus said this and this do you know what, what happened give me my mops DJ where are the things I ask you for guys give me the people that Peter, Judas spoke to Give it to me. Oh, yeah. Come, I need some people to come. Come. The people, remember who, who was Jesus? God, right? Yes, God. The word became flesh. When Judas allowed offense in his life, when Judas went to go and speak to the wrong people, do you know what happened in this Restore Mankind International Worldwide Ministry? Pastor Jesus, <laughs> I would never lie. And they listened. Judas, this woman now, a married woman now, some of you, is your family that counsels you when things go wrong. And you heard all the people you are talking to, they have not kept a marriage. They don't even, they have not raised any children. They've not even, they've not even done anything. And these are your advisors. You know, one of the things I tell married people if you want to build a godly marriage, go and look for those who are experienced and have built a successful marriage. And if you're a married person, who is overseeing your marriage? You see, the reason why most marriages fail is that most married people have no accountability partner. You are a married person. You are five years in marriage. Go and look for those who have been 20 years, who have been 15 years, who have raised children and are doing well. Let them speak into your marriage. Yeah. But you, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are five years in marriage and your counselor are three years old in marriage. Two years old in marriage. One year old in marriage. You are a career student, you started a career and nobody, you, 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 you are looking for people to, to talk to and it's just people in your office that you are talking to. You, don't, you have not looked for someone who has built a successful career and has done weather the storm. That's why people fail. You see, Judas, Satan entered into Peter, but Peter, go and check, even in John chapter 21, he was still with John, James and the rest. And he said, I will go and fish. That was where Jesus met him back. Because it was it was still keeping the right company. You see, when Satan entered into you, one of the first things he will do is to separate you from the right company. It will separate you because you see, snakes live alone; they don't move in groups. Satan will separate you with people that will tell you what you want to hear, not the truth that you need to hear. It will associate you, it will separate you to meet people that will, that will sympathize with you, not with people that will be objective with you. We all need people that will be objective with our lives. Because there will be moments, whether you are Peter or Judas, that you will go through crisis. Your marriage will go through crisis. Your career will go through crisis. Even in the church, you will go through crisis. But what will, what will help you survive such season is The association. Let me tell you what just happened. John chapter 18. Verse 3. Look at the pathetic thing that happened. After Judas went to go and talk to these people. So Judas. Having procured a band of soldiers. And some officers from the chief priests. And the Pharisees. The people he went to go and talk to. After he's finished talking to them. He said, hey, we will help you. So, look at it. They gave him a band of soldiers and Pharisees. Comet either. With lanterns and torches and weapons. They weaponized him. Go and fight him. So as Jesus was there preaching one day, he looked back. Look at them. They raised armor, club. See this one sharpening the knife. Their pastor, Jesus, who took care of Judas had no pastor before Jesus met him. He had no career before Jesus met him. He had forgotten all the good things that Jesus has done for him. Jesus, the Bible said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. The same Jesus, God, in human flesh. And see, by the time the Pharisees and all these people were two with Judas, this was the only thing Judas went to go and carried. To kill the son of God. He killed his benefactor. He killed the people that have stood there for him. The one who has helped him. He would have died in that boat. But Jesus said, peace. Be still. And Judas did not die. Do you know that Judas was so trusted. That he was, he was even the one that kept the money of the church. Of Jesus. He was the chief treasurer. And yet. Yet. He has carried who killed his master. Do you know that some people have divorced their husband just because of the right, wrong company? They could have made that marriage work. But you see, they spoke to people who helped them gather weapons. Always don't don't forget John 18:33. They gathered weapons to come against. No wonder the Bible said that they began to beat Jesus these guys. Hey! The the Bible said that they spat on him. If Judas had not opened the door, they would not have come in. And the Bible said that when Judas, look at it, the Bible said in Mark 14, verse 43, and immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests. They gave it to him. There are people that when you speak to them, they will help you see things in a negative way. Which company are you keeping right now? When you speak to them, a good person like Jesus in your life that God has sent to you, you will see him as a wicked person. No wonder the Bible says of Judas at the end of the day that he went and hugged himself because he realized he had killed. He said, I have killed an innocent man. But the people he spoke to did not make him see him as an innocent man. Until he lost Jesus, he never knew what has happened. There are some relationships that, until you lose it, you never know the value of such relationship in your life. I pray for you today that every one around your life that the devil has positioned to bring you down, to destroy you, to scatter your home, scatter your career, scatter your marriage, every agent. That the enemy has this position around your children. Every wrong friends. That has been positioned around your children. To destroy their life today. By the power of God. May there be divine separation. Yeah. I said in the name of Jesus. May there be divine separation. Yeah. yeah. A woman of God. Who had a very good ministry with her husband some years ago. When she divorced her husband. One of the things that she said said they were urging me to divorce him. Paparazzi. Newspaper were carrying the thing. A lot of us heard of that story. But you know, I went to go and check her out the other time. The ministry she left had grown stronger. But today nobody is hearing about her. But I remember one of the articles she wrote. She said one of the things that shocked me was that when I took the decision to divorce my husband, by the following week, everywhere became dry. All the people... That were saying, go ahead. The newspapers, they were carrying the whole thing. Everyone. They were only positioned so that that marriage would not work. But she was not wise enough. She was following what was trending. You see, newspapers just want to sell their story. They don't care about you. I, I was in a church. A man, I was in a choir. A man offended me one day. He disgraced me in front of the church. He was a senior person. We call him Brother Bio. And by the time he finished, I became so rude. I lambasted him. The man was crying. And because he was not crying because of, he was crying because he was trying to help me. He was crying because I was too young to say those things I said. And I left the church in annoyance. I went home to go and meet my friend David. Oh, God bless his soul wherever he is. And I told David what had just happened. And David said, John, you spoke to Brother B like that? I said, yes. He said, no. There are people, no matter what they do to you, you don't have the right to ever lift your voice to fight them. He said, Brother B is one of them. Have you forgotten what he represented in your life? Have you forgotten? You see, the devil in your moment of pressure, one of the things that happens, it will make you forget. What the person stands for in your life and david reminded me all the thing that that brother had done and it was around after 10. we were living at Omole. the thing happened at Ojoju. we had no transport david made me trek thank god for him he said the bible says we should not sleep on our anger so we are going back to reconcile with brother B. we got to brother B's house everywhere was locked the entire street had been shut down we had to go and knock. Even this gate had been closed. We had to maneuver to enter the compound. Then we had to go and knock his gate door. And we knocked. I said, who is that? David said, it's me, David. I said, David, you, what happened? I said, brother B, please. I have come to talk to you. He said, ah, that guy. He, he was so angry. And he refused to open. David said, we are not going. After persistence, he came out. And David, as I went to him, David said, John, prostrate. Brother B, I'm you know, you know you're about to prostrate. And I I just, and he spoke his heart out to me. We got home that day around after one. See, I'm telling you a true life story. Two days later, Brabi died. The man only had two days left. The only thing that I remember was that last meeting with him. That last meeting with him. What if I've never fought for peace? There are people in your life today you need to go back to and say, oh, no, let there be peace. Because you see, the devil thrives in an atmosphere of chaos. There are people in your life you need to make a phone call to and say, I'm sorry. You don't say sorry because we are wrong. You say sorry because you want peace at all costs. There are times you have to say sorry, not because you just want. You, you can call him and say, you know, I've forgiven you. I just want us to have peace. Because you see, that way, what you are trying to do is that whatever the blessing the person carries will come to you. Judas had no father anymore. He had nobody to speak to him. Even the Pharisees, when he repented, they rejected him. Because they know that if he could do that to his master, is it them? He will not do it. (laughs) So even the Pharisees said, no. And the only place was a tree where he hanged himself. Upside down. It's my prayer that you will not hand like Judas. Amen. Let us stand on our feet as we pray. Oh yes. I have delivered the word of God to you today. I want. You, I know that this is a message we have to reflect on. But I want you to pray for yourself. Where are your benefactors? You know, at the beginning of this sermon, I prayed. That pray that God will align you with those who will help you. Every blessing God wants to give you, he will use a man. That's why you must learn to treat men well. The man who helped me go to America gave me money to travel to the U.S. to go and study. was just a customer. A customer that I didn't know. Paid millions, millions into my account to go and study in America. Because why? I treated him well. What if I have maltreated him? I will be going around full of frustration. Not knowing that I have fought who I need not to fight in my life. You see, not everybody is fightable in your life. Let's use that way. It's not everybody you can fight. It's not everybody you can fight. There are some people when you fight them, your season becomes dry. Pray for yourself. I don't know whether this affects your marriage. I don't know whether this affects your own family. I want you to pray, Lord, heal my land deliver me from a dysfunctional family I don't see I don't just know how to pray but this is a kind of prayer just Lord have mercy have mercy have mercy let your mercy locate me maybe there are Mr. B's in your life you should not have fought and you are fighting pray for the grace to have for such relationship to be restored cast the devil out of your home pray that God will separate you from the Pharisees those who want to make you gather weapons to fight your master. Those who want to make you gather weapons to fight your father. The voices that want to make you gather weapons to become the enemy of your father. Or the next enemy of your father. Who say, oh, don't. Well, let's reject him. Pray. God, deliver me from such association. Pray for yourself today. Pray for yourself today. Pray for yourself today. Pray for yourself today. For yourself today. For yourself today. Oh, yes. We pray for mercy. 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 Santa Gayeta. Oh Lord my God. Deliver me Lord. Deliver me Lord. I pray for <Santa> <laughs> In Jesus, then we pray. Amen. I feel we should pray against the spirit of bitterness. Every spirit of bitterness that I find its way into your life, I say, I want to declare, I cast you out. Every spirit of bitterness that is influencing your life, that is trying to destroy your life, bitterness spirit, I cast you out of my life. That prayer point is for somebody. Can we lift our voice as you pray about it? Pray against the spirit of bitterness in your life. Of Whatever is making oh you Lord bitter, God, every day, bitterness, uh, making us bitter, uh, we cast it out uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, every spirit of bitterness uh, holding us down, uh, causing us, causing setbacks. Uh, oh Lord and uh, God, uh, we stand on your water. Thank you, Lord. Like uh, in Jesus, name we pray. Amen. Listen. There is somebody here. All eyes burn. all eyes close. You are a woman. You were raped. You were raped at a point in time in your life. And you have not forgiven. It took your innocence from you. It took your innocence from you. And it went away with it. And from that time on, it has affected you so badly. Even till now, the memory hurts you. It really hurts you. It was an emotional trauma for you. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But you know, I see you right now. If you allow God to minister healing to you, He wants to heal you. He wants to heal you. He wants to heal you. you. all eyes bow, please, and all eyes close. If you're that person, just lift up your right hand. Let me pray for you. God bless you. I know it's a very hard thing, but I just want to pray for you. God bless you. Now, put it down. I've seen your hand. Put it down. Father, let there be healing. Let there be healing. Let there be healing. Let there be healing. In the name of Jesus. We take authority. Over every spirit of bitterness. And we say you have no place in the life of this world anymore. Right now in the name of Jesus. I cast you out in Jesus name. Every spirit of bitterness. Out you go now. In the name of Jesus. Now Lord I pray. Let there be healing in the life of your children. Lord Jesus, anyone who is holding another person captive in their heart, let your grace locate them for your release right now. Now Lord, I lift up your children into your hand. Satan, these ones will not be destroyed by you. Your destiny will not be destroyed. You are delivered in the name of Jesus. Every harassment of the enemy to destroy your life, be delivered from it in the name of Jesus. Now I declare that you are going forth into your destiny. You are going forth to do well. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Somebody shout a louder, amen. amen. Now Paul, let's bow if you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. You came to church not knowing Jesus. But you want me to quickly pray for you before we leave here that Jesus, I want to reign in my life. I want you to become my Lord and Savior. I would like to pray for you because today God brought you here for a new beginning. Today marks a new beginning in your life. Can you just come to me? Let me pray for you. Take that step of faith and come. If you want to give your life to Jesus. Pastor, please pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. I want a new beginning. God bless you. Today is the best day of your life. God bless you. I'm waiting for you. Come. Jesus is here to help you. Oh yes come to Jesus. Jesus is a deliverer. He's a deliverer. He's a deliverer. He's setting people free. I'm still waiting for somebody. You are thinking, should I go? Should I not go? Maybe you are backslidden, but you want Jesus to save you. Why don't you run to the feet of the cross? Jesus is still saving souls. He's still saving souls. He's still saving souls. Come. Come. Thank you, Lord Jesus please place your right hand on your chest and say this words after me. Say dear Lord Jesus I thank you for giving me the opportunity to be born again. Lord Jesus I come to you today just as I am. I confess that I am a sinner in need of your salvation. Today Lord Jesus Savior of the world save my soul. Now, Lord Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are the Son of God. I believe with all my heart that you died for my sins, that you were buried and you rose from the grave. Lord Jesus, please come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. Wash away all my sins with your precious blood and please write my name in the book of life thank you Lord Jesus for saving my soul today in Jesus name dear father God I lift up your daughter and as many who have prayed this prayer online Lord Jesus thank you savior of the world you have said whoever comes to you you will not cast away Come unto me. That's what you said. All you that labor and I ever laid in and I will give you rest. Satan, I rebuke you. Take your hands off our right now. I break every covenant that is not of God. In the name of Jesus. Be anointed. Become a vessel unto honor. Use your daughter for your glory. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Shout a Amen. Amen. Please stand up. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in on this episode. We hope you've been blessed and empowered to transcend new heights of faith and growth. Stay connected with us for more empowering and faith-filled messages. And remember, you are part of a community committed to transformation. Until next time, go forth empowered by God's grace.